Anybody ever know that God loves you? Anybody ever know that God cares about you? Anybody ever know that God hears the desires of your heart? They don't have to be big. They don't have to be cancer. They don't have to be Alzheimer's. They, they don't have to be life-ending threats. They just have to be something you desire. About five years ago, I started looking for a bus for this church. I thought we needed a bus. The choir goes on trips. We go on some adult trips. The youth, they went on a trip yesterday. Had to spread out in vans and cars and all they had to do. And, and by the way, visitors, that, that was Emerge. That was our middle school group, Emerge. We also have a high school group in Focus. And then we have the bridge as our college and career age. Pastor Dale, Pastor Brandon right here somewhere right here is our high school pastor. Jason, our middle school pastor. So visitors, take, take time to take a look at all the church has to offer. An incredible children's department. But So I prayed. I, I've been pretty much all around Georgia and Alabama. I've driven a lot of buses. I've looked at a lot of buses. And to be honest, we just couldn't really afford any of the buses. Some of them were, had affordable prices, but they needed too many repairs. Just wasn't anything. Thursday, Corey called me, and I, I, hadn't, I didn't answer. I was driving. Believe, y'all believe that? I didn't answer because I was driving. But I really didn't because I was driving that bus. Um, I got back, and I saw where I'd missed the call. So I called, what's up, man? He said, Daddy, this one, no, I was down here at Opelika, man. I saw another bus you might want to take a look at. And I said, well, what do you got? He said, man, I got a Prevost down here. Anybody know anything about Prevost? Anybody know anything about buses? That, that's like Mac Daddy, man. That's like cha-ching. I said, yeah, okay. He said, air ride, air suspension. He said, sweet. I said, yeah, how much? And he told me, and I said, yeah, buddy, we ain't got that kind of money. He said, Daddy, it's a prevost. I said, buddy, I didn't say it wasn't a good deal. That, that's, that's probably a great deal on that bus. I said, we just can't afford it. But I said, it's okay. I just pulled into the parking lot with the one the Lord just gave us for free. That's our bus. We, um, Fayetteville First Baptist gave it to County Line Church um, a little while back to be a blessing to them. And County Line said they really just don't use it. They had a smaller bus, and they wasn't a bigger church in terms of needing that. They said they wanted to be a blessing to somebody, and they sure were a blessing to Faith Baptist Church. I want to say thank you to County Line Church. Um, yeah, it's awesome, awesome. But I, I'm looking forward to... To being able to do some trips. We already got the choir lined up to do one. Anybody wants to help? Haven't been used a lot. Got a little musky smell. I'll be out here cleaning on it tomorrow. Anybody want to throw in some money? I've already ordered aluminum rims for it. <laughs> That's real. I'm looking for some free ones, though. We ain't paid anything yet. Um, yeah. Anybody turned in your Bibles already? 1 John chapter 2. Verse number 15, last week we looked at a message, what do you do? What do you do when the mountain just won't move? This morning I want to look at what do you do when the mountain just won't move? Part two. This one's got a little bit of a stinger, this ain't a butterfly. Last week was a butterfly. Verse number 15, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he, do, he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Father, thank you so much for being so incredibly good. Thank you for your presence in this place. God, you didn't have to meet with us here this morning. You chose to. You didn't have to come be a blessing this morning. You chose to. You didn't have to meet with people at the altar this morning. You chose to. You didn't have to die on Calvary's cross. You chose to. You didn't have to love us in spite of us. You chose to. And I pray right now, God, will you continue to move in this place? I pray that you do what only you can do. Divide this message into several hundred different parts and speak to several hundred different people, God, as only you can. May this message be individual for everybody in this place that we may all walk out of these doors a better servant for you, seeking to bring glory and honor to you and you alone. We love you. We trust you. We thank you and we praise you in the precious, sweet, holy name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. You know, we live in a world that has all kind of things that glitter. But it ain't all gold. We live in a world that makes all kind of promises to you. But they're all false. We live in a world that will do everything it can to get you to turn away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. We live in a world that can tell you, they will tell you that you can have God and have the world. But that's a lie. We live in a world that will tell you that you can love Christ and love the things of the world. But that's a lie. Can I just go ahead and be a little bold for a moment? For those who claim to know Christ, for those who claim to be a Christian, but they live a life unpleasing to God, they live a life breaking the will of God, not pleasing, contrary to the teachings of this book, and they have no remorse for breaking the laws of this book, they cannot be a Christian. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just telling you, you cannot be indwelled with the Holy Spirit of God and live a life of sin and be okay with it. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit of a holy, sovereign, righteous God. You cannot have a Holy Spirit living inside of you, live like the devil, and it not bother you. You cannot live a life contrary to God's teaching if God's Spirit is in you and be okay with it. The Holy Spirit will convict us of sin, will convict us of our shame. If God's power is not leading you day by day to be more holy and more righteous and more pleasing to Him, then maybe the power of God just isn't in your life. I guess the question would be, is God transforming your life? Every day that you get up, do you desire to live more like Christ, to be more like Jesus Christ or are your desires growing in the things of God is the power of God transforming your life evident to those around you can people see things changing are you becoming less and less like the world less and less like the old you and more and more like Jesus Christ because he said that when we come to him that old things will pass away behold all things will become new When God saves us, he saves us more than just hell in the future. God saves us from the world today. God saves us from, from the things. See, see, when God 
truly saves us, it is to take us out of the world, to make us something better than we were, to make us something better. It is to take us out of our sin and renew our relationship with the Father. So the question is, is the power of God evident in your life? Personal questions. I'm not asking you if you ever sin. Unfortunately, if I asked that and you said no, I'd have to call you to the altar. I'm not asking you because, unfortunately, even Christians sin. Amen. Even Christians make mistakes, think things you shouldn't ought to think. I just, I just added a family to my prayer list. God bless them. It just dawned on me, brother. Y'all moved here from Pennsylvania. Y'all ain't had to drive around these Lagrange people yet. <laughs> if it snows around here, God help you stay home. I know you know what you're doing, but we don't. You, you can't live in this town and drive around this town and not think things that you ought not think about somebody sometimes. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we make mistakes and, and we sin. But, but for a child of God, when you sin, you'll be so disappointed in yourself. When you think something you shouldn't have thought about somebody you shouldn't have thought it about, the Holy Spirit will bring such convictions in our life. God doesn't save us because we deserve to be saved. God saves us because He's a Savior. God doesn't love us because we deserve to be loved. He loves us because God is love. And He loves us in spite of us. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. I've come to give you life that ye might have it more abundantly. I have come to take that which was old and make it new. I've come to take away your sin and restore and make you one with the Father. I've come to give you a new nature, a new name, a new life, a new hope, a new eternity. I've come to make all things new. The question is, do you believe God? Do you believe God? Is it evidenced in your life? Is it evidenced in your faith? The Bible says that Abraham believed God. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 says that he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Romans 4, 3, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. In Galatians 3, 6, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. James 2, 23, the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Abraham made some mistakes. Abraham at one time doubted God because he used Hagar to try to help God out in having this baby that God promised he was going to have. Abraham lied a couple of times in an effort to try to protect himself, lied about who his wife was. Abraham made some mistakes, but Abraham was a great man because Abraham developed a great faith. Abraham learned to believe in God, to trust God, to have faith in God. So how can we be like Abraham? How can you and I be a person of great faith? How, how could we be a mighty tool in the hand of God Well, we believe God? We have to believe that God is enough. We have to believe what Jason just said that Madison said. He was all I had, but he was all I needed. We have to get to the point that we believe that God is always enough. Abraham didn't slay any giants like David. 
He didn't write any of the Proverbs like Solomon, but Abraham believed God. Abraham didn't rebuild any walls like Nehemiah. He wasn't a scribe. He didn't rebuild the temple like Ezra. Abraham went up on a mountain, but he didn't receive the law of God like Moses. But Abraham believed God. He didn't have any incredible strength like Samson. He didn't command the sun and the moon to stand thou still over the valley of Agilon like, like um, Joseph, not, not Joseph, Joshua. He, he didn't command the heavens to close up and not give rain like Elijah, but he believed God. We looked at the book of Daniel last week. You mentioned Daniel a while ago. We talked about the three Hebrew children. Abraham didn't walk through any fiery furnaces. Abraham wasn't cast into a lion's den like Daniel, but Abraham believed God. God told Abraham, I want you to pack your stuff up. I want you to leave the father's house, and I want you to go to a place you don't know nothing about. I'm not telling you where to go, what to expect when you get there. I want you to get your stuff, and I want you to go to a place that I will show thee. I wonder how much faith that takes. Abraham packed up his stuff and he went into a land looking for something. He, he went because he believed God. Abraham was 99 years old. He had a son. His wife Sarah is 90 years old. It was the promised son of Isaac in the seed. Abraham climbed up that mountain. He took his only begotten son, Isaac. He laid him down on that altar and was prepared to sacrifice his son, believing that God was able to raise him even from the dead. Because God said, out of this son, I will raise you up descendants that are innumerable as the stars of the heaven, as the sands of the sea. So even if I kill him, God's going to raise him up. He was willing to do so because Abraham believed God. Do we believe God? Abraham believed it even though he couldn't see it. Waymaker, miracle worker. <laughs> I mentioned Hebrews chapter 11 last week. I said I didn't have time to read it, but I want to read a part of it right here beginning in verse number 13. It says, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things. You ain't got to be in the Bible for this verse right here. You, you hear me? You don't have to even be in Hebrews chapter 11. You don't have to be one of the Old Testament prophets. You don't have to have your name in the New Testament for this right here to talk about you. They that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. Anybody looking for that one? That is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Paul wrote a couple letters to the church at Corinth, second letter, chapter 5, verse number 5. He said, we're the same. He said, now he that hath wrought... For us, the selfsame thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we're always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. That's what faith is. Faith is simply believing what you can't see, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Last week, we looked at what do you do when the mountains just won't move. Somebody in here this morning needs to be reminded that he's still a way maker. 
He's still a miracle worker. He's still a problem solver. He's still a family restorer. He's still a marriage strengthener. He's still a financial deliverer. He's still what you need for whatever you can plug in right there. Somebody needs to be reminded that miracles still happen when we believe. Sometimes we just have to believe God long enough. See, just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that God can't do it. I told the men on Thursday night, don't impose your impatience on God's timing. We want God to hurry up, and we want to put God in our box and in our time, but we can't impose our impatience on God's time. And I read this from E.M. Bounds. It said, too often we get faint-hearted and we quit praying at the point we ought to begin. We let go at the very point where we should have held on the strongest. Problems can still be solved if we believe God. We have to trust Him. We have to believe in Him. But you still have to do your part. See, we looked last week also at the woman. We looked at where Jesus crossed the Sea of Tiberia and he got off the boat there at Capernaum and, and Jairus met him. And Jairus wanted to take him over to Jairus' house because Jairus' daughter was sick and about to die. And y'all know we looked at the story. And, and that woman with the issue of blood of 12 years came. And what we looked at last week was Jairus needed for Jesus to hurry up. His daughter was sick, she's almost dead. Jairus needed something. He needed for Jesus to hurry up and come do something. All the woman needed was for Jesus to just pass by. But there's something here that I want you to see in this story. Jesus did not heal that woman until after she'd done all that she could do. The Bible says she's been to doctors for 12 years. She's been all over the region. She's been to everybody that even thought they could help her. She's probably even tried some home remedies. She's tried everything that there was. The Bible says that she had spent all of her money, all of her livelihood. She's done everything that she could do, but now she hears that Jesus is passing by. That's not the end of it. She has to press through the crowd. He's surrounded by all the people of Capernaum that have come to meet him as he gets off this boat. And Jairus is there talking about his daughter, and these people are weeping, and all this around, and she's pressing through the crowd. She's trying to get to Jesus. As a matter of fact, it sounds like to me Jesus has already passed by. He's already gotten out, and she reaches with one last reach just to touch the tip of the hem of his garment. She gave it all she had. She pressed through the crowd. She put everything that she had into it. And at the moment when she put all of her faith in all that she had left, and she knew there was nothing but Jesus, touched the tip of his coat, he turned around, and here's what he called her. Daughter. He said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Sometimes we just got to keep on believing long enough. You just got to keep on praying and keep on believing until you receive an answer. Now, now I told the men, and I remind you that no is an answer. If God says no, leave it alone. But if God ain't told you no, then why ain't you still praying? If your mountain's still in the way and God hasn't moved your mountain and you need the strength to climb it or see it move and God hasn't already told you he's not going to move it, then why aren't you still praying? See, we learned some things in the men's Bible studies we opened up. We, we learned that, that attitudes can still be helped. We learned that jobs can still become available. We learned that cancer can still be healed. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not just, these are testimonies. 
These are things that we've been praying about at a men's Thursday night Bible study for seven weeks. These are prayers that have been answered. These are things that we put down on a 30-day prayer challenge and put prayer partners together to pray. These are things that have happened. We learned that cancer can still be healed. We learned that God can make us a better witness at our workplace. We, we learned that answers can be received to questions if we just believe. We learned that God can make a way out of no way if we just believe. We learned that mountains can still be moved if we believe, but sometimes you just got to believe long enough. We live in this world that says if you can't handle it, then don't trust it. If you can't compute it, then just don't risk it. If, if you can't touch it, don't rely on it. If you can't understand it, then just don't even try it. If you can't see it, then don't believe it. But my question is the same. Do you believe God? Because faith is not determined by what you see. As a matter of fact, sight hinders faith. Sight destroys faith. If you can see it, then you don't need faith to believe it. Faith is knowing that what you have is real even when you can't see it. Faith is knowing that what is in you is real because of what he does within us. Amen? What we can see is things that are in the way. What we see is the temptations. What we see are instructions or, or, or obstructions. But God says if you'll follow the instructions, then he will move the obstructions. We just got to stay there long enough. The world cannot take our faith from us, but our faith can take the world out of us. We just got to hold on long enough. If we truly believe that God hears and answers prayers, then we'll act accordingly. See, if you believe that God will give you a job, then you'll be out looking for one. You, you'll be out filling out some job applications. You'll be out handing out some resumes. Don't ask God to give you a job and you ain't out looking for one. Don't ask God to help you pass a test that you ain't studied for. Don't ask God to help you remember what you ain't even tried to learn. Same is true in here. That goes all the way across the board. Don't ask God to do for you what you aren't willing to do for yourself. Don't ask God to do for you so that you don't have to do anything. That's not called faith. That's just called lazy. This woman gave it all that she had. Yes, she prayed. Yes, she sought God. Yes, she wanted to be healed. She put everything she had into it. But she never stopped trying to do things for herself until she got to Jesus. See, sometimes the mountain won't move because God's building your faith. God is doing something in you that you can't do in yourself. God is building something in you that bright sunny days cannot build. But when you've held on long enough and you've believed hard enough and you've trusted through enough, God will say it is enough. You just got to keep on holding on. Back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our text says very simply, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. Rich, rich in here, 
Charlie in here? I got a baby in the house and her daddy. Tell them to come on up here. I talked to, I was trying to think of a, of a baby that I could get, and I talked to him a few days ago, and as the devil always does, he tries to get in the way. Charlie was sick last night. She had a fever last night. Didn't think she's going to get to be here this morning, but she's here. Hey, sweetheart. So I want, you to, I want you to do something. Are you going to walk for us today? Are you going to walk for us? Now, you were smiling and clapping hands, and we just had a good time a while ago. So, so do you think you can put her right here and back up a few feet and she can walk to you? Oh, oh no, yeah, that's, that's about how I feel. Well, it, it, well what, she, bless her heart. Bless her heart. I wanted to do that again and walk a little further, but I don't know if I want to do it to her. No, oh, bless her heart. Come, come, bless her heart. Did I do that to you? Come, come a little closer. She's breaking my heart, brother. Come on, come on, come on. Bless her heart. You've had a big morning. I had something else, but we, we're not going to do that. Bless you. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Charlie go back and get her nap. And, Daddy, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I, I did. I was going to let her walk off the stage holding her finger. See, I, I, I wanted to do some more things. See, that, that verse says... If you want the Father, you got to be willing to let go of the world. See, you want to hold on to what you got. You want to hold on to things that you can see. That's not faith. God says, if you want me, you can stand there and whine, hold on to the world as long as you want to. But if you want me, you're going to have to let go of the world. And you're going to have to come this way. That, that's what the text is, is, is telling us here. You, you, you want to hold on to the temporary security of the world, or do you want to hold on to the everlasting love of the Father? You've got to decide what you want in this life. You've got to decide what matters. You've got to decide because the Father is always there. We just have to make the choice which one we want. Now, see, here's what I wanted to do. I thought about it, and I thought, I can't do that. I, I wanted to get Charlie back over here. And put a couple of her favorite toys right here. And have Rich move over there and let her decide. I wanted to put a little bowl of ice cream. Some candy. Some chocolate. Don't matter. She's going home with them. I wanted to put her bottle with her favorite stuff. 
I wanted to put it all right here in the chair and get her with her bottle and play with it and then have Daddy back away and see which one she picked. But see, I can't do that to her because I love her too much. I love her. I love Rich. I love Aubrey. I love, I love Rachel. I love that family. I can't do that. But the devil doesn't feel that way about you. He hates your guts. He puts everything that you think, everything that you desire, everything that you want. He puts your job. He puts your money. He puts your cars. He puts anything that glitters, anything that gets your... He doesn't care if he hurts your feelings. He doesn't care if it makes you make a choice. He hates you. And what he wants you to do is hold on to the world because he knows if you're holding on to the world, then you can't be holding on to the Father. But if you're holding on to the Father... He's holding you by the finger, teaching you how to walk. Then you can't be holding on to the things of the world. At the very least, the devil wants you to look back at the things of the world, knowing that they're there because that means your heart's still lingering around back there for something other than the love of the Father. God's just teaching us how to walk. And he says, if the love of the world is in you, then the love of the Father is not. There's no middle ground. There's no place in between. God is waiting on you and I to let go of the world. We're not waiting on God. When the mountains just won't move, we are not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. God is waiting on us to let go of the world. God is waiting on you to let go of your bank account. God is waiting on you to let go of anything that you think sustains you. God is waiting on you to let go of that job that you think you must have, the one that's calling you out away from everything that goes on around the church, the one that's keeping you away from your family, the one that's keeping you out at night. The one God is waiting for you to let go of the things that you think matter, the things that you think is what keeps you going. God is waiting on you to let go of that and turn to Him. No matter where you are in your Christian walk, no matter where you are in your Christian walk, God's waiting on you to take the next step. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or 85. It doesn't matter if you got saved yesterday or 55 years ago. God is waiting on you to take the next step. I, I used a baby as an example, but that's not because I'm preaching to infants. That's just to let you see about how we act before a holy and righteous God. That's just to let you see what God is trying to do in us. And You know, senior saints, y'all know I love you, but let me just plug something in while I'm right here. I've heard people, I've put in my time. I've done my time. I've done my part. I've served mine. It's time for these younger crowd. I don't know what chapter you got that up, but I need you to bring it down and show it to me afterwards because I ain't seen it. I've seen we're supposed to serve him until we meet him. I've seen I'm supposed to work till the day I die. You're supposed to still be working, senior saints. You're supposed to be leading them by example, not just handing it all to them. You're supposed to be showing them the way. You're supposed to be showing them how it's done. You're supposed to be paying your tithe. A couple weeks ago, I heard somebody say, this blows my mind. Well, you know, I'm on a fixed income. What were you on when you had a job? Did you have some unlimited source that I don't know about you could have tapped into? If you do, you got a lot of ties to go back and make up. Everybody's on a fixed income. Everybody is at a set standard. We just have to decide, do I want to hold on to worldly things or do I want to hold on to the hand of God? 
you children, your mama and daddy may have done stuff for you your whole life. But you're at a point you got to decide. you got to do some things for yourself. you got to decide if you want to step up and serve God. You want to step up and live for God. Yes, the world will laugh at you. Yes, the world will make fun at you. Who cares? A holy, sovereign God will hold you up, love you, take care of you, take you by the hand, teach you, walk you through storms, walk you past trials, get you to the place you need to be and give you an eternal home in heaven. you got to learn how to tithe just like your parents did. It doesn't matter how old or how young we are. we got to learn to serve God. Lord, help us. Well, I just killed the message. If God isn't moving your mountain, it's not because he can't. It's because you're not ready for it to be moved. No, 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 no. Understand me. You think, oh, I'm ready. I'm, well, I'm, I'm ready. I've been begging him. I'm ready. No. If God's not moving your mountain, it's not because he can't. God can do all things. If God's not moving your mountain, it's because you're not ready for him to move it. Maybe you just need to let go of something. Maybe you just need to trust him with something. I I don't know. I read something yesterday. It said fear comes natural for all of us. Letting go of things that we consider security can sometimes be fearful. But you've got to let go of the chair to learn that you can trust the Father. You've got to be willing to let go of the worldly things when the Father is calling you to do something bigger than yourself. See, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. God is always calling us to do something bigger than ourselves. And God can do anything through anyone if you'll just let go of the crutch that you're holding on to. Take the Father's hand and trust Him. I'm done. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world... Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Could I get you to stand? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if somebody's holding on to something you need to let go of. I, I have no idea what's in your mind this morning. I just preached the message. I pray that God did exactly what I asked him to do, divide this in several hundred different ways and speak to every one of you individually. I can't do that. I have one message. That God can speak to everybody where they are. God God can speak to anybody about anything. I have no idea what God's speaking to you about this morning. It may not have anything to do with the message. But whatever you need to talk with God about this morning, you need to let go of the security of that pew that you're holding on to and come talk to God. You need to take God by the hand. You need to come ask God to help you. I don't know, maybe you need a mountain moved in your life. Maybe you need God to do something miraculous, something mighty. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your children. Maybe you've got a prodigal out there. Maybe you've got one that's away that you just need God to protect him and keep him safe until he gets to his senses and turns around and comes back. I don't know what your problem is, but I do know this. The world produces problems, and everybody in here has got something. But I know that God is the problem solver. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, my God. You, you know what I love? When I read this book and I read and it says he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
without being anything different or doing anything wrong, I can say, in my God, in your God, in our God, able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. No matter what you're holding on to, God's the one can take care of it. I wonder this morning while we're praying, I'll ask all of you to be praying. You can pray right where you are. You're certainly the altar. You can come down here and take God by the hand. Go ahead and just let go of your chair and walk on down there and hold on to him. If I could ask all of you Christians, I want to ask you to be praying right now. I'm asking you Christians, you, you pray for your needs. You thank God for all this. I want to ask you to pray because if there's anybody lost in this building, I want you to pray for them right now that the power of God would work in this place. Well, what a shame it'd be for somebody to be here this morning and walk out of here lost and on their way to hell. The gift of God is free. It's the free gift of the Lord Jesus Christ that paid every sin debt on Calvary's cross. But a free gift does you no good if you don't reach your hand out and take it. God says, I stand at the door and knock. Whosoever will. I wonder if there's anybody this morning who said, I, I, I never trusted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Can I tell you, I don't, I don't have a magic coin. You don't get to say a few words with your lips and walk out of here like you're saved. I'm asking you to surrender your heart to the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts the heart. If you can say a little prayer and walk out of here and nothing changes on the outside, then nothing changes on the inside. Are you willing to give your life to the Lord? Are you willing to believe in Him and trust Him and say He's enough? Oh, you want to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. There must be a confession of your own mouth. You have to know you're a sinner. You have to know you're lost before you can be saved. Lord, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. And I'm asking you in Jesus' name to wash away all my sins. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And I ask it in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to save my soul. If you say a prayer like that, you surrender your heart to God, you're just as much a child of God as anybody else in this place. Because that's the way every other Christian in here came. We surrendered our heart and trusted Him, and He washed away our sins. Thank you, God, for forgiveness. Thank you for amazing grace. Thank you for loving us in spite of us. praying you already know we'll say the 12 30 of one if that's what it takes because it ain't my altar and i don't ever close it as long as somebody is doing business with god that's all open just wonder if there's anybody else you got anything you need to deal with before you go anybody else that needs to pray anybody else needs us to pray with you anybody else got something you need us to pray about Anybody just want to say God is good? Ooh, that was so soft. Caught y'all off guard, didn't it? Anybody just want to say God is good? And all the time, you believe God can answer your prayers? You believe God can move your mountain? Then hold on. Hold on. He may not have moved it yet, but it ain't because he can't. He's doing something in you. He loves us too much to leave us the way he found us. 
See, when he found us, he reached down in the deepest pit. He found me down in a bunch of whole bunch of mud and murk and mire, all the way down in the bottom of a septic tank, lost in all that garbage. He came all the way down there because he loved me too much to leave me down there. And he came all the way down there to save me. But he didn't save me to leave me there. He loves me too much to leave me like he found me. God's doing a work in us. Amen. Well, we got a few praying. I'm going, I'm going to pray with them. Y'all remember, I want credit. It's only 12 o'clock. Play practice at 1.30. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. One thing I probably need to make y'all aware of, since I haven't told anybody, church is at 5.30 this evening. We, um, we're going to do play practice. We'll round up between 4.30 and 5. And I know it's a long span after play practice where you have to sit around and wait. I don't want you to have to go home and turn around and come back. Choir, you got practice from 4.30 to 5.20. I don't want you to have to sit around for a half hour. So we're going to start church at 5.30. The choir is not going to sing for the next five Sunday nights. We'll give them a little bit of a break. Lord knows they need it. Thank you all for all you do. But um, we'll do a couple of congregationals. We will do the continued study tonight, the discipleship training course. That we've been doing this will be week number eight. Pastor Brandon will be teaching that. But we will start at 5.30, a couple songs. And to be honest, there's no reason why we can't be out by 6.30. So I'm asking if you would, after play practice, please make a commitment to go ahead and be back, for those of you here, for Sunday evening services. And we're just going to trust God to keep doing something in us, keep growing in us. Amen. Visitors, again, if you got a minute, I would love an opportunity to talk with you and get a gift basket to you if you could stay for just a few minutes. God, thank you so much for being so good. God, thank you for the way that you love us, Lord. I, I do thank you for your presence. And God, I thank you for the, the way you speak to your children, God. And Lord, I thank you that you do move mountains. And God, I thank you that you calm storms, God. Storms come, but they never last forever. I thank you, God, that you show up in the midst, and I thank you, God, that sometimes you don't move the fire. You just walk through the fire with us. Sometimes you don't move the mountain. You just give us the strength to climb it. And sometimes you don't move our storms. You just give us the ability to sail through it, take our hand and walk through the darkness of the valley. I thank you, God, that you always have our best interest in your mind, and you're always teaching us, God, trying to make us more holy. I pray you'd help us, God, to be usable vessels, Father. We love you. We trust you. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all glory and honor. For you alone are worthy. Now I ask you as we walk out of these doors, will you use us on this day and help us to be a blessing to somebody else? We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.